everyone, and welcome to the Able Voices Podcast. I'm Dr. Rhoda Bernard, Founding Managing Director of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, and I am proud to present this podcast featuring disabled artists and arts educators. We are inviting artists with disabilities to be guest hosts for the Able Voices Podcast. Today's guest host is Jay Manuel. Jay Manuel is a full-time music producer, content creator, and actor. He has worked with companies such as Coca-Cola and Snapchat, and his beats have been used by thousands of recording artists worldwide. Jay offers beats for sale, custom beats for artists and companies, content creation for social media campaigns, and much more. When it comes to working with his clients, Jay is very hands-on, and his hands-on approach sets him apart from others in the field. Jay's joy comes from seeing others succeed and being part of their journey. What's going on, y'all? It is Jay Manuel. I am back again as your guest host for the Able Voices podcast. So happy to be here, and I am so excited to introduce my guest, right? <laughs> Give it to us. Please introduce yourself Yay. and let's get Hello. into it. Hello, everybody. My name is Sabira Naji. She, her pronouns. I am a Black woman DJ. I have a disability, fine bifida. I am an accidental disability advocate, <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, so I, I am, I am in a power wheelchair, and um, I'm a power wheelchair user. I'm also a manual user, depending how I'm feeling that day. And yeah, I was, I was born with spina bifida, and um, that is has been, interestingly enough, one of my superpowers. <laughs> so yeah, I love it. I love it. And yeah, I mean, I do a few things in the industry. Um, <laughs> just a few, just a few, y'all. Just, um, just a, she's being humble. She's being humble. And <laughs> with that, I want you to tell us about your story as a DJ. And, you know, you can get into specifics, even, you know, being a Black disabled DJ. But just tell us your start of how you've gotten here and where you are today. So... You got time? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's off. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I I'd, I'd say music has been a part of my life pretty much all of my life. So you know that's that's always been a thing. My grandfather was always listening to like he's always listening to jazz music and like you know down back back when LimeWire was a thing. You know we were all the whole family was downloading music like crazy. It was, don't, maybe right. I shouldn't say that on the podcast because like, no, it's all good. Y'all are, y'all are, uh, yeah, we got it legally. Yeah, we got it legally, y'all. We got it legally. Nah, yeah. yeah. I mean, music has always been a thing. My grandma, even though you know she is a teacher, she's always singing. So it was kind of a natural thing. Like I've always wanted to be in the industry. My dad used to do like security for a lot of artists back in the nineties, like. NWA and like Ice Cube and wow, that's awesome. Yeah, some some other folks, but yeah. So my start was initially like rapping for a while. I was rapping with a few friends of mine. Shout out to Sir Spence, my homie, um, who's a comedian now, and um, yeah, him and 
these these group of these group of dudes we call them the Euclid boys because that was the street they were living on and like you know these five dudes just lived in a house made music did skits and now like I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this guy named uh, Charlie's he makes oh, like yeah. funny skits yeah it's they, that yeah, maybe if I saw them I'd probably yeah you know, they're they're like on TikTok. kind of one of those things but yeah man they uh, we all used to make music together and stuff. From there, you know, I was already listening to Selection Radio. My dad was listening to it at that time, too. You know, one day, it's funny because I moved to Georgia around, like, my high school years. And, again, still attached to the music. I was, you know, rapping on, you know, tables. You know what it is, lunch tables. Everybody yeah. starts smiling, that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that back in the day, too, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? So... <laughs> You know, we were that was that was our thing, you know. And um, from there, you know, we just kept going. After high after I graduated high school, I moved back to California because I'm from Long Beach, so I had to come back. You know, came back out here. I started going to Fairfax a lot. Ended up meeting like Tyler the Creator and like Cali Uchis and like pretty much a lot of uh, OF. I would literally loiter. I would I would just loiter. Like the TV show Loiter Squad, I would just be there, posted up and just kicking it, and um, that's how I got you know kind of in touch with Tyler, and that was a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. And then one day I went to a Cali Uchi show, and again I was still listening. You know, I, I was when I came back to California, I was listening to Selection Radio, and um, I saw Joe K, the founder of Selection, at mm. uh, Cali Uchi show. Mind you, I had already been to like two show, two selection shows by then. And, uh, you know, I became friends with this guy named Andres, who's uh, another like manager. He's, he's um, damn, he's pretty much selections tour manager. Like he's, he's pretty fire. He works closely with a few of my other friends. But um, the thing about that one was uh, I saw Joe at this Cali show, fangirled. And he already knew who I was because one of my friends is in selection and he saw me at the show. So he was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're Samira, right? And I was like, I was like, shoot, like, how do you, how do you even know me? And he's like, oh, you're Vinny's friend. I was like, yeah. And he was just like, yeah. He was like, what's your name? He was like, give me your name to my assistant and you'll never have to pay for a selection show again. That blew my mind. That's Whoa. never happened. So I was like, shoot, well... I'm going to go to a selection show now and be on the guest list. What is this like? You know, and next thing you know, I started going to more shows. You know, he ended up giving us all like all access, me and my cousin who has CP, cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he started giving us backstage passes. And this was early selection. And this was a lot of like early careers. So I got to meet like, you know, Anderson Pac and Kehlani and like all these people. Oh, these really like awesome (laughs) relationships very early. In like yeah. early stages of everybody's growth, really, you know what I mean, including right. my own. So right. um, that was awesome. You know, they really cultivated a beautiful uh, experience and in a beautiful environment constantly. And and the beauty about the beauty in that is is that they've maintained that. You know, they've maintained that same yep. culture, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, I got inspired to DJ from them. You know, and that was wow. really it. I was just watching them and I was like, 
I want to go on tour too. Like, what right, is yeah. like, man, like, I can be serious, you know? Yeah. Um, so I started DJing. I started, like, my first mm-hmm. gigs were in Lamert, Lamert Park. And uh, from there, it just kind of spiraled, um, you know, started doing gigs in my hometown. And then uh, one of my very first Long Beach gigs, I ended up getting called to DJ at a selection pop-up. And uh, yeah, the interesting thing about that was, uh, again, got inspired to DJ from selection. I just, I I really wanted to see what that tour life was like. I mean, yes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, basically I started DJing in Lamert first. That was awesome. Started DJing in my hometown. My first gig was, uh, my first Long Beach DJ gig was uh, my friend Dez's Broke Pizza Party. He saw these really awesome shows where it was a variety of people from DJs to like metalheads to like punks and like, it was pretty awesome. And um, that very same day, my friend Andres called me and was like, yo, want you to DJ the selection pop-up. Don't tell anybody. Just bring all your equipment and do it. Just go. I was like, all right, cool. So I go, I start spinning, I do my thing, and everybody in selection is like, wait, who's on right now? And they realize it's me. It was it was really awesome. From there, I just got inspired to just keep getting better and better. Yeah. It's funny because like I took a little break because I had got into UC Santa Cruz. And um I ended up going there for a couple years and um while I'm there, it was funny. The first year I'm there, uh, Selection starts announcing a um, that they're going to do another festival. And they're like, oh, who do you guys want to see on the lineup? So I was like, me. I was like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And then a couple hours later, they go, oh, you're talking about me, me, me. Add me to the lineup. I was like, I'm just kidding. He's like, well, we're not. We added you hours ago. And I was like, whoa, this is this is serious, you know? Yeah. Um, and then by the time I I, uh, I get back, I don't even think about it at that point. I'm just trying to like prepare, prepare my set. You know, basically it was one of those like make or break moments. You know what I mean? It was like, you got to come prepared. We got to see something prepared. And then, you know, we got you. We'll, we'll figure it out. But. We need to see you actually like can do this. So yep. um, at that point, I'm just practicing every day, just doing it. And uh, I have a final at UC Santa Cruz. And in the middle of the final, my phone starts going off. And that's how I found out I was on the lineup officially. Because uh, the lineup ends up getting released from selection. My name is on there. There's a billboard in L.A., it was insane. And I was just like my first experience with like festivals and stuff. And then, um, yeah. That's wow. My spiel. That that's was part of everything. That's an amazing, I mean, that's an amazing journey. And, you know, I want to lead into this briefly is I want to talk about your experience though, as a DJ who also happens to, you know, have a disability, because I know that that plays a factor 
you know, just for like you and I, like we're doing our thing. Mm-hmm. However, there's other things to consider. So how did, how has having a disability affected you in what you're doing, you know, right now? Great question. I think in a, in a sense, I've learned to say no to certain things. Because mm-hmm. of my disability. And I think that's a really awesome thing that I had to learn. It it took a it was a journey to learn that. You know what I mean? Um Right. I think it's allowed me to be a lot more intentional. I think I mm. at the time I was just taking gigs. Like after like the festival, you know, I was still running off of like these highs of like, okay, I gotta do the next thing. I gotta do the next thing and the next thing. And um, you know, that burned me out really quickly. You know, yeah. and I realized like my body can't handle that as much as like yeah, I would like it to, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's definitely allowed me to just say no sometimes, and just say, you know what, I can't, mm. I can't. And then another thing is, if the venue ain't accessible, don't book me, friend. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Please. You know, I, I'm. I'm sure yeah. you don't waste your time. <laughs> don't waste my time. You know what I mean? I'm sure you've experienced this too, where yeah, you know, studios. Studios, shows, even if it's just yeah. a show or a concert. And yeah. they're like, oh, I'm, it was just one step. I figured you could have. I figured you could just hop over it somehow. Yeah. Your chair. Just. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you bring a ramp? Because I could if you brought a ramp. I could yeah. if, you, if you brought that ramp. We good. We good. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they didn't. So, yeah, I've just learned that lesson way too many times. And um, it sucks. Um, yeah. Luckily, you know, anywhere that like, you know, when it comes to like my close friends and shows and stuff like that, they know what the situation is. So I don't really get invited to anywhere that isn't accessible like that. Right. Not yeah. To say that I don't still, but it's far and few between. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Right. So it's it's pretty cool. But I've definitely learned because of that, that got to be more intentional, you know? Yeah. Making sure places are accessible for me. Like, even the restrooms. Like, just because you yeah. have a inside, if the restroom isn't accessible, why am accessible, I still then How am I going to go to the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. that's so true. That's hands. something I think about a lot. I can't wash my hands. I can't. Yeah. And I'm, like, constantly washing my hands because, like, I don't know. But, like, I'm just, like, yeah. I can't wash my hands. I can't, like do anything there's no point so right right so that's that's one thing as well outside of that being intentional and making sure places are accessible I'm trying to think of like another thing um I mean those are really great things honestly yeah another one I'd say is like becoming an accidental advocate Mm, yeah I can definitely relate to that (laughs) you know because again didn't expect to do this yeah, actually have like the career that I have and like didn't really expect to lean into what I'm doing. So I was, like advocacy. Yeah, the advocacy part. I, I didn't expect that at all because I didn't think I was ready for it, let alone I didn't think that yeah, same. I had the capacity to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because th- you know, like when you see people that do advocacy work, you always feel like, man, they got to have like this intelligence. Not saying that I'm, you, you know, we don't feel like we're smart, but there's like a certain level of like intelligence that I just feel like people 
give off when they're advocates, you know, like about the community. And I'm like, do I know anything about my own community? Oh, like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's yeah. so much intentionality that goes into being an advocate. Yeah. I yeah. feel like I don't want anybody following me. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I can lead you on the right path. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I could sleep, you know, in a in a, yeah. a building for you know a few like days yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I don't think I, I can do that. So, um, you know, right. with that being said, you know, interestingly enough, it's just it just kind of landed again mm. going to shows, DJing shows. I met yep. some really awesome people at Golden Voice. They reached out to me. How I met them is is also interesting. I met them. Well, they found me through uh, one, you know, they were going to selection shows as well. But two, it was always like I, I kind of met them in passing at that time during those times. Right. And the cool thing is, is that uh, I guess in between that, I went to this was during like the George Floyd protest protests. Uh, a homie of mine, his name is Josh. He was uh, he's disabled. And he was at a protest one day and police took him out of his wheelchair in L.A. And like they broke his wheelchair, they arrested him. Oh, my gosh. And he was in jail for like, what, 18 hours, 16 to 18 hours, I believe. Oh, wow. Didn't have any of his medical supplies. He was just stuck. And um, it was crazy. They broke his chair. A friend of mine started a GoFundMe for him. And... uh, we ended up protesting the fact that he was even arrested, you know. And uh, the very next day he got out of jail. You know, we were protesting and marched for that because, like, that's really crazy, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I was just talking to him about, you know, why he does it, why he continues to do what he does. And he's still, you know, marching on. And he's just like, I'm here for the people. And that's what got me mm. Because it's it bigger than you, you know. Bigger than you. It's bigger than mm. you. And that mm. right there, I was like, wow, okay. Got it. Mm. So it doesn't even matter. Like, advocacy looks different on so many different right. people. Yeah, that's your truth. Yeah. And uh, that's what got to me. We took a photo. And then uh, I guess that photo went viral or whatever. And um, Golden Voice had reached out to my friends in Selection. My friends in selection reached out to me and um, that was, it was a wrap ever since. I took that one, you know, faithful phone call. And uh, from there I was a consultant for this accessible program that they were, you know, coming up with. And then from there, yeah. I became the content <laughs> producer for it. Uh, I may know something about an accessible Program, plus you know. program, yeah, I don't may, know. May know some accessible plus something like that. I don't know. Yeah, right. it's I, all may, about I may know some right. about it. I, I think I think we, we we may came across that together. We came like. across that together. Yeah, we can go into that later. But yeah, it came from there. I just became an advocate that way. Music festivals, yeah. music festivals, and things like that. So. That is wow. Oh, I got <laughs> wow. No, that that's wonderful. And I want to one take a moment because you got something to show us. You got a mix, and yeah, I'm really excited yeah. to hear this. Yeah. 
wow, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Like, you already know you're awesome. So we're going to get into another question because you're super active, right? And I could talk about your education. I know you briefly went to school and things like that. However, your story is much different where your educational background didn't seem to have too much of an influence on like what you did. It was just your experiences. So I would like to talk about for you, since you are so active, like, what are you doing now? Like, you're doing a lot, but like, what are you doing currently? <laughs> oh, man. Um, shoot. Um, a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, interestingly enough. Uh, but currently, I am getting prepared for the Accessible Plus program, our second year, actually. I just want to mm, shout out wow. my amazing, beautiful team um, on that. Shout out to Carrie Gray. Shout out to Kieran Sampson. Shout out to Travis Zeeby and our extended, amazing team right now that we have. So, yeah, what the Accessible Plus program is, we're providing... Um, job opportunities to uh, the BIPOC disabled community within the festival space. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what we're working on now. And like, we're so excited to, you know, to have a lot of, you know, folks from the community. Um, I might know a participant or two that might be here, you know, you never know. Maybe, um, maybe. somebody Which is could be really hosting, cool. a, could be hosting a podcast right you now. Know, as we speak. You know, could be <laughs> Right <laughs> now, interestingly enough. So yeah, um, I'm just really excited to be running that right now. Yeah, again, second year, and uh, we're just we're just gonna go even harder. And um, I can't wait to just keep this program growing, going, and growing. You know, super duper, super duper excited about that. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what the vibe is right now. That's where all of my energy is going to. I got to go to the desert in uh, yeah, what, two days. Coachella and work. I'm really excited. So, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I've been working on. Wow. And this is just a random question because I, I, I want to know and I feel like people would want to know. Mm-hmm. I know you said you went to school. What did mm-hmm. you, what was your like degree? Like what'd you get, what'd you do? Oh, so my major was a uh, film. Uh, and which film. is, okay. interesting. yeah, completely left from like what I was doing, like what my actual passion was. But I thought like one, I love movies. I love, I do love film. It just wasn't my super passion. And, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought like, okay, if I'm in film, if I have a film major, I can get into engineering and things like that. So that was kind of like my main, you know, uh, takeaway from it. But I learned so much. I learned so much at UC Santa Cruz, Um, you know, just even outside of um, film. I I was taking like um, digital media classes and things like that. And I just... I learned a lot. And that school, interestingly enough, is very forward on, um, I want to say like social justice, but to an extent, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? 
So, I mean, there was always like protests and strikes and things like that because, you know, folks needed to get paid, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. So, you know how it is. Yeah. I learned a lot about social justice even there, which was really cool. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. how you know, I could possibly apply that to film. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. One thing I did not like, though, I'm going to be completely honest with you, it's not wheelchair accessible. Oh, it's the, not the, the camp pitch and stuff. Mm. Yep. Not really. It's not the most wheelchair friendly thing at all. But uh, that was one of like my biggest issues with Santa Cruz. Um, that it wasn't accessible. A lot of difficulties. Dang. Yeah. So much so, like, my final project for school was. A documentary <laughs> on how inaccessible it is. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was cool because like I gave it back to the staff, like the uh this the the um the DRC, mm. the disability resource center. Mm. I give it right back to the DRC. They're like, this is perfect. Let's use this. Like, oh uh, use it to make it accessible. Yeah, please. please yeah. Like, don't just watch you know? it. Like take action. No, that that like right. Uh, oh my god. Makes- don't just watch. Do, do. Please, I'm thanking you. No, I, you know, I just wanted to ask that because I think it's important to get that insight. And you know, my final question before I get into like where people can find you at is, what advice would you give to you know a creative if they're a DJ, whatever you know kind of creative space they're in? What would you, what advice would you give to someone with a disability? You know what I mean? Because that is something different to navigate through when you are disabled. Like, what would you tell them? That's real. Um, well, the first thing is don't quit. Mm. That'll set that'll set you apart from everybody. Just don't quit. You know what I mean? If you have a passion, try to follow that. Um, mm. The second part is... Find your support system because if it isn't at home, find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Find that support system. It could be three people, and that might be all you need to just keep going. You know, yep. find that support system for them. So you know, and 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 you know, make sure they're they're pushing you just as much as you're pushing right. them. You know, because you can't quit without the support system. If you quit and you're alone. That's understandable, right? But you know, it's harder to quit when you have a large support system behind right. you, or just a support system period behind you, right? That's telling you not to, and that's holding you accountable. So yeah, don't quit and find your support system, no matter where that is. Man, yeah, that's that's so true. That's a huge, huge factor for sure. Yeah. Cause it's hard for us, you know what I mean. It's already hard, so we, yeah. if we don't have that system behind us, it's gonna get even harder. Yeah. But if you found that for yourself, then you have support and you have folks you can lean on and be like, you know what, this isn't working here. I might need some help from this person. Let me reach out, and they'll like out, you know. Yeah. And you guys will figure it out together. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's that's beautiful, and I think that's really true as far as support system. That's a big deal. And speaking of support, 
where can people support you? Where can they find you? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You like that we didn't listen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, where yeah. <laughs> where can people support yeah, you? Yeah. Okay. Where can they find you at? Okay. Um. So you can find me on a few platforms. The first one is my Instagram. So it's my name. So S A B E E R A H. Uh, last name N-A-J-E-E, all one word. And it's the same on pretty much all of my platforms, SoundCloud as well, at S-A-B-E-E-R-A-H-N-A-J-E-E. You can find me on the Coachella website. Under <laughs> Accessible Plus. Uh, you can find a lot of us there. Um, yeah, we're out here. We're out here. So. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. This I love is this. incredible. This is cool. I appreciate you for taking the time to do this yeah. today. And, you know, of thank course. you again. Yeah. I just, I can't wait for people to hear how incredible you are. And thank you for, for doing this. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. This is dope. Shout out to Berkeley. <laughs> Voices is a production of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, led by me, Dr. Rhoda Bernard, the founding managing director. It is produced by Daniel Martinez del Campo. The intro music is by Kai Levin, and our closing song is by Sebastian Batista. Kai and Sebastian are students in the arts education programs at the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education. If you would like to learn more about our work, Find us online at berkeley.edu slash B-I-A-A-E or email us at B-I-A-A-E at berkeley, that's L-E-E dot E-D-U.